1: Hello, I'm Janet Marana, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Just Ask Janet. Well, today I have a really great guest, a really good friend of mine, and Father Frank Favones. We've known each other for, scary to say, decades. We have another thing in common that I think you'll be very interested to hear about. We both, both could call Norma McCorvey, the Jane Rowe of Roe v. Wade, our friend. And boy, do we have some things to share. And plus, this guest has known Father Frank and I almost since he first was the full time director of pre Life, all the way going back to 1993. So, joining me today is a great pro life leader, all the way from Dallas, Texas, Karen Garnett. Karen, welcome to the program.
0: Hello, Janet. Thank you so much.
1: And of course, you used to be uh, the head of the uh, Dallas Pro Life Committee. That's how we first made our acquaintance. Uh, and I think you were one of the first groups to invite Father Pavone to Texas when he became the national director of Priest for Life, right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I can tell that story a little bit. He had he, he had become so we were commissioned by Bishop Charles Gromman in February of 93. And I know he started full time with Priest for Life September 1 of 93. I heard him at the National March for Life rally in in, in January of '94. I I saw him on TV. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what, this <laughs> this man is anointed. This is this priest is so anointed. He's so full of passion and what he just said." And that w- what three weeks later he was at our one of our first parish pro life coordinator meetings in Dallas in February of '94. And yes that was when I was with the uh, with the Catholic Pro Life Committee now Catholic Pro Life Community so so we've known father since 94 and Janet I met you for the first time at the Human Life International Conference in 1998 so that's what is that's that right. 26 years we've known each other
1: <laughs> yeah it's a long time. And then, of course, we have a, a common uh, bond also with the uh, Jane Rowe, of Roe v. Wade, Norma McCorvey. Uh, Father Frank, uh, as you know, uh, along with Father Robinson, helped Norma come into the Catholic Church. And, I, and you and I were both city, seated. I was actually sitting right next to her during her confirmation in Dallas, right? That we were there together.
0: Yes. I remember the date, August 17th, 1998. Oh. It was just a, a beautiful time.
1: It really was. And of course, you know, uh, in our friendship with Norma, we we saw her through those ups and downs, wasn't it? I mean, she was always on a roller coaster. Um, She deeply regretted uh, her part uh, in Roe v. Wade. She worked passionately to try to overturn the decision. But she she had some rough times, didn't she? Because she just felt that the guilt of all those children were dying because of this signature. She kind of got duped a little bit into doing, right?
0: Absolutely, that's right. And and you know, we it was 1995 when uh, we had been praying the second Saturday Rosary outside of the Dallas abortion facilities with Bishop Grom, and he started those in January of 1990. And it was 1995 where Operation Rescue, Flip Benham and Company, moved into the 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 space right directly next to the a choice for women abortion facility where norma was working and and it just, i mean within within month within a few months norma gave her life to Jesus at church emily mackey invited her to come a little girl invited her to come to church she gave her life to Jesus she was baptized she left the abortion industry and started even at that time volunteering in pro life but but never never turned back from right. from that that was 1995 and she formed her "Row No More" ministry, which she we she ended up changing the name of that to "Crossing Over" ministry. But she became a member of the pro life family and pro life community, and we loved her so much. And uh, yes, Norma had a lot of health challenges, right. and that was contributed greatly to all of her ups and downs.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I remember her telling the stories though, even when she worked. Uh, in the abortion uh, industry there she wasn't like a very willful participant i remember her telling stories like she was asked the women now are you sure you want to do this mm-hmm. honey you, you know what you're about to do now you sure you want to do this you know it wasn't like she was selling abortion hook line and sinker she was just asking practical questions to make sure they really wanted to go through with it right wasn't i mean she would tell us those stories right
0: yeah she would and you know i think again when norma went into the abortion industry to start working there. And it was you know after her, she basically made herself known as being the Jane Rowe of Roe v Wade. She appeared at a, at a rally in, in the late 80s and right. you know b- bounced around different jobs, but then it was like, well, I'm the poster child for abortion, so it seems that working in the abortion industry would be a good thing to do. And yet she was conflicted. And she even shared stories about, you know, dreams that she would have um, hearing things and babies crying. And uh, and also she shared about how filthy the abortion facilities were that I she worked know. in. So she was conflicted. Uh, God was writing, you know, God had a plan for her life that he would rescue her and save her from that evil, you know, and. Yeah. And he he did it. He 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 brought Operation Rescue there. Uh, people who loved her, Father Frank, of course, you, Father Robinson, and all of us to put our arms around her and and uh, let her be our sister, beloved sister, for right. her, until her until her passing day.
1: Yeah. And of course, I, I always remember, uh, and you you said it to me in my in the email, Woman of the East. That was yes. the nickname she gave me. And I called her Woman of the West because I was from New York and she was from Dallas. And like you said, Karen, between the Dallas Pro-Life Committee, Father Frank and I and Priest for Life, we kind of helped her a lot over those years, guided her. We helped uh, her for periods of time. I, I remember helping her when she changed the name from uh Roe No More to Crossing Over Ministry, Took her on a Rachel's Vineyard retreat to kind of help her get some more closure to that feeling of, you know, remember in the book, she talked about the empty pr- playground scenes. Yes. Yes. Those used to bother her, you know, and uh, you were with her the day she passed. And I know she called father and I in Rome. Uh, we spoke to her and her daughter, Missy, within less than an hour of her passing. And we knew for certain, I know other movies and different things come out about, oh, maybe Norma wasn't really pro-life, but can, can you too, like I can say, we spoke to her right before she took her last breath and she died being truly in her heart, hundred percent pro-life, right, Karen?
0: Yes. I, you know, and just to, it's a little ad here. She had moved away from Dallas from, I think in about 08, and um, she was ready to move back. In the fall of 2012, Father Robinson, who she really considered her spiritual daddy, he, he lived to be 97. Uh, when he was dying in March of 2012, I called her and and she was in Bastrop, Texas, about four hours south of us. Got in her car, drove up to be able to say her goodbye to Father Robinson. And then in the fall, she reached out and she said, you know, I'm ready to move back. Is there someone who who I can live with? And because, again, Norma had, you know, a lot of trouble with with jobs and things like that. And um, so a beautiful, wonderful, saintly woman in our pro-life community, Angie Heider, had a, had a room in her home, and she took her in. And Norma yeah, lived yeah. there from 2012 to end of, let's see, 2015, just loved and cared for by the pro-life community. It was, she was suffering with COPD and um, needed to after at the end of all of that, in and out of the hospital a lot, the, the pro-life doctor who was taking care of her r- recommended that it, it was time for her to go into, you know, an assisted living situation. Great. Her daughter and uh, Missy and Eric came up to Dallas. And when she was dying that, that week, um, February 13th through, I wasn't actually there day she died, but I had gone down. I drove down on Monday and stayed with her in the hospital Monday night, Tuesday night, when she moved to the hospice there on Wednesday night, and just prayed and had the prayers of the church, uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet, just mercy songs, the Lord is my shepherd, just comfort songs, praying quietly at her bedside throughout the time I was there. And it was very, I'm telling you, Janet, um, God is... God is just so amazing when people are getting ready to pass. And I've, I've been, when my mother was getting ready to pass and someone else in the pro-life community who just lost her husband last week was talking about how in those moments of journeying and getting closer, God in his mercy, he He kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit. He pulls back the veil and we're, we're not seeing what our loved ones are seeing, but they're looking ahead. And Norma, she was very, she was, she wasn't conscious when I first got there. And then, and then she, she came you know, she came back um, out of intubation and 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 she was very agitated. She wasn't ready to go. You could tell she didn't want to die. And and she was agitated and she kept saying, where are the babies? And as 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 the days progressed, she became more peaceful. Um, she reached up as if as if the father was reaching down to her for her to hug. And the, the morning before I left uh, Thursday morning, when I was saying my goodbye to her, she she sat up she sat up in the bed looked straight ahead of her and she said look at the babies wow I'm getting chills yeah <laughs> Did you see the babies of course I couldn't see the babies um, but there was so much peace with her and 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 one other thing that happened Janet that I I just go ahead and like to share oh let me finish this when when I when the, when she was pa- getting ready to pass on Saturday morning um, Eric called. And, and said, she's getting close. Do you have any songs that you can send down? And so I those same songs I've been playing, Divine Mercy Chaplet, Mercy Songs, Lord's My Shepherd, I emailed them all down and they laid the phone on Norma's chest as she was getting ready to pass. And so that meant so much to me that I couldn't be there with her in person, but these beautiful songs and prayers were pray, were on her heart as she yeah. was as journeying you guys, they, they, I got to say goodbye to her. They called and got to say goodbye and, um, you know, love you, honey. Mm-hmm. You and father Frank got to talk to her. She said, right. keep fighting. And, uh, but on, but on, um, on, I believe Tuesday, her biographer Josh Prager came in town and just sitting and meeting Josh and visiting with him. He shared with me, and I'm going to share this here that, you know, in his getting to know Norma and his writing her life story and getting to know her entire family, including her her second and third daughter, who both she placed for adoption, um, he he said that Norma had felt used by both sides. And I know Norma, I mean, I met her in 95 when she came out. We were at her confirmation in, in 98 together. My right. first search for life was with her in 2000. Oh. She was outside my hospital room praying the rosary. Was the first people to hold my child, my fifth child in 2000. She was 100% pro-life. We knew that, and I and I, this is the first time I'd ever heard this in knowing Norma for that decades. And I said, "Josh, really?" And 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 his saying that to me led me the next day, um, when her daughter Melissa and her granddaughter Jordan were both at the bed, and she was, you know, coming out of, of um, intubation and everything, I just went ahead right then I felt led to to pray and and to apologize and ask for forgiveness to Norma and her daughter and granddaughter for any wounds or any pain that she may have ever experienced by anyone in the in the pro-life movement because that was absolutely not known to me, that she felt that way. And and I just wanted to make sure that that was done, you know? And and that I I felt very blessed to be able to do that on behalf of the church and, and the movement for our
1: dear sister. Yeah. Well, and you know, Father Frank and I spoke to her within less than an hour before she did pass. That's when Missy, her daughter, called us. We were in Rome and it was Saturday evening, Rome time. And we were about to go into the vigil mass. And she the same sentiment she was telling us, um, Father Janet, please keep fighting, overturn row, please overturn row, please keep fighting. And again, you know, we told her we loved her and she loved us and all this. So we went into mass, and then it was at the consecration, my phone was vibrating, buzzing. It was Missy calling me back to say she had passed. It was right at that moment when we were at that part of the mass. It was incredible. Um, and, of course, I was there with you for her funeral and everything. And, yes. you know, Josh Prager and all these other people, they could write what they want. But you and I knew Norma McCorvey for over two decades. So did Father Pavone. And we knew her heart. And it was definitely 100% pro-life. And so we're going to keep doing our work. So amen. now you went from working for the Dallas Pro-Life Committee to now you work for a beautiful ministry called Heroic Media. Just tell everyone real quick; they may not know Heroic Media. Just give us a snapshot. What do you do?
0: <laughs> yes, thank you, Janet. So I did serve. I I was uh, with the Catholic Pro Life Committee, Dallas Pro Life um, Committee, from its beginning in 1993. I, I was in the I was founding executive director of that, working with an absolutely amazing team. I was in that role for 22 years, and I transitioned uh, in 2016 out from Catholic Pro-Life and uh, began doing a little bit of consulting work with Rogue Media and became full-time a vice president. My first uh, position was in May May of 17. I'm coming on five years. I was vice president of a long title, Community Relations and National Expansion, and I when our then VP of Marketing Innovation and Technology, okay, when he was elevated to become president and CEO in November of 2020, we, he's like, let's get rid of these long titles. And so I became vice president of culture in November of 2020. And yeah, so there's several things of what Heroic Media does. I'll get into my other titles. <laughs> but um, Heroic Media was founded in Austin, Texas, March 31st of 2004. So gosh, that's what, 18 years now. That's amazing, I wow. <laughs> think. Um, Brian Follett was the founder of Heroic Media. And Brian, his father had a frozen food company called Anchor Foods that they sold to HJ Hines. And so the family was very blessed by that and Brian wanted to use, you know, his blessing and his philanthropy to help save lives. So he founded Heroic Media to be a media company to help save lives from abortion. In the first few years of Heroic Media, it was television, billboards, you know, very traditional expensive kind of advertising. And then they started to move more toward online as things became more, you know, online. Brett, our current, our new CEO, president and CEO, Brett Atterberry he, his story is that um, he's from the corporate business world marketing. He has an MBA from the Wharton school at UPenn and over 25 years of, of corporate corporate marketing expertise. He, Brett, uh, before, Before he was a Christian, he and his girlfriend chose to have an abortion when when he was young, when he was late teens. And um, he came into the church in 2000, I believe 2002. No, I'm sorry, became a Christian. Came into the Catholic church in 04, started hearing about pro-life things, started going to marches for life. And it was nine years later in 2013 when he was driving and heard a commercial on the radio for a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. And it, it did this in his heart. Um, He ran upstairs when he got home, he called the number. This was, you know, you know, her Evelyn Walsh up in uh, Philly, um, that chapter there. And he said, can, can guys come on this? I I feel I'm feeling a a calling uh, stirring in my heart. And she said, absolutely. He went on the retreat, Janet, it Changed, changed his, his life. life. Um, yeah, yeah. He he knew that he had participated in an abortion. He knew that something wasn't quite right. And and but it was that retreat where he really the, just he named his child. He knew it was his child. He believed his child is a boy. He named a boy Jesse. He wrote the letter and he prayed at the end of the retreat in front of the blessed sacrament and he said, Lord, use me. If you would like to use me and my business corporate expertise to help the, the pro-life movement, to help even one couple not make the same mistake that my girlfriend and I made so long ago, I am willing. And it was literally within months that he was introduced to Heroic Media. Brian and and the team said, we have been looking for someone like you to run our marketing. And he started with Heroic Media full-time, February of 2015, he looked at everything and he just kind of, he said, can we measure this? Can we measure this? You know, it's very hard. And, and why are we spending money on this if we can't measure it? Especially television advertising, very hard to measure right. the impact. Yeah. So uh-huh. um, he actually, he's coined a, a something called OASIS. The uh, acronym is O-A-A-S-Y-S, which stands for On Demand Alternatives to Abortion System. And it's very targeted internet campaigns, ad campaigns to go head to head against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry every single day to intercept, redirect moms who are abortion determined moms who are looking for abortion services and a heroic media place, an an Oasis placed ad can compete against that Planned Parenthood ad. And when she clicks on oasis is at she can be connected to one of our pregnancy help center partners who are who are well trained in talking to the abortion determined woman to help give her a chance to get into that center and and have the opportunity to learn the truth and make a decision for life so that is our the core the core mission of heroic media reach connect save and right. In addition to that, he founded—I mean, this again—this is someone newer, right, in our movement. But he he founded and became the executive director of Pro Life Magazine. So our our company, Heroic Media, publishes Pro Life Magazine four times a year. He's executive editor. I'm a contributing editor, and we do interviews with amazing pro life organization leaders to help raise their profiles and and get the word out about them to our. Followers, our benefactors. And then the next thing is National Prayer Luncheon for Life. So what has happened with that is that it's it's gone through an, an evolution. It began. This was Brian was still president and CEO, and he 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 stepped away uh, in that role in 2018. He, he married a little bit later in life, had three very young children, and he was ready to dedicate his time, full time to to that, his family. And but 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 it was in 20 late 2015. Where Brian had the vision of why don't we do we go we go head to head countering Planned Parenthood online every day. Why don't we do a counter prayer luncheon to their annual awards luncheon in Dallas? Dallas is one of the biggest affiliates of Planned Parenthood. So right. in 2016, they, they did the first same day, same time counter to Planned Parenthood. And it was a, a little bit of prayer, but fundraising for heroic media's mission while Planned Parenthood was doing its death fundraising for its death agenda. Right. Heroic media was doing life. I came on in 2017 to help grow that luncheon. And, um, and so it, we did that that way for, from, from 2016 to 2020, and it grew, it doubled, went up and up and it, um, The last one was, and then we changed the name. The Holy Spirit inspired us to change the name to National Prayer Luncheon for Life rather than just Prayer Luncheon for Life or Dallas Prayer Luncheon for Life in 2018 when we were partnering with the unplanned team. Um, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Conselman, Abby, Ashley, all of that. So um, in 2020, the last year that we had that model, it was March 6th. We had almost 3,000 people in person. We both outnumbered and outraised Planned Parenthood. We, we hit both of those goals. And the global pandemic was announced five days later. And the world changed. And events just kind of changed as well. Mostly oh, yeah. Going, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, going virtual. So later that year, Brett was elevated to president and CEO. And at the end of 20, he said, he said, Karen... We're not doing the in-person, you know, counter anymore. For one, Planned Parenthood wasn't even doing theirs in the fall, uh, in the spring of 2021. He said, "I've been praying, and I really believe the Holy Spirit has said this really is supposed to be a prayer luncheon. It is not a fundraiser for our. We are. We'll do our fundraising for Oasis in a different way, but this is to be a prayer luncheon, prayer centric. Let's." let's do it as an hour. We call it of power prayer leaders leading us through and let's shine the spotlight on other organizations and raise them up, elevate, celebrate them so that together.
1: And that's that's exactly what you've done. You just had in March of 2022, uh, this year's luncheon, uh, live action was the group that was selected as the the main winner. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I know you also gave uh, monetary prizes to live action uh, yes. to the radiance foundation. And yep. there was one other, who was the other? Well, I, now? yeah, I can
0: tell you. So, so last year it was five that we nominated this year. We opened nominations up to the country, which is really cool. We got 70 nominations of 40 organizations at national state. Yeah, local Priest Life.
1: We were one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we prayed over everything. And the the, 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 the six this year that we believe the Lord wanted us to have on this year's were, in alpha order, Embrace Grace, Live Action, Pro-Life Action League, Pro-Love Ministries, Support After Abortion, and the Radiance Foundation. And again, we would be distributing $100,000 in grants total based on, we open again, participation from around the country, voting. And right. yeah, Live Action got the Pro-Life Impact Award for this year and the $50,000 grant. And then Embrace Grace got the twenty. The Radiance Foundation got the 15 and Pro Life Action League, Pro Life Ministries, and Support After Abortion each got a $5,000 Pro Life Impact Grant. And again, just like last year, last year we had Alveda as one of our prayer leaders. This year, uh, amazing, inspiring. David B. Wright was our MC, and our prayer leaders for this year were um, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Sister Dee Dee Byrne, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez virtually, Reverend Walter Hoy. And Kristen Hawkins closed it out. Students for Life of America got the uh, top grant and award last year, and Kristen was on board this year to to help lead lead us in speaking and praying before we made those announcements. Right, so As going
1: asked. going forward now, uh, tell us the website because now people can be in touch. Because come the, yes. this fall. In 2022, you'll be looking for nominations again for next year's yes. awards. Yes. So just tell us, what's the website to go to where people can begin to nominate groups? Hope someone nominates Priests for Life again. But <laughs> go ahead and tell them where to go.
0: <laughs> so thank you, Janet. So um, yes, everything is on and including last year's hour. You can watch last year's. It's very inspiring. You can see Alveda's remarks from last year. This year's is already up the one that we just did on Friday the solemnity of the annunciation and the day of the unborn child it was um, the, the messages were so inspiring because of the way it intersected on that day this year that is already up on the website so people can watch and um we do also have a weekly podcast show National Prayer Lunch for Life pro life impact show where we have we've uh, had had profiled every one of these organizations so far this year we had speakers from last year alvida recently and we will open up nominations for 2023 on October 1st. So as Respect Life Month begins on October 1st, we'll keep that open until November 15th. And, uh, and then we haven't got our date yet for next year's annual prayer event, our luncheon event. But it is largely now, instead of a large number of people in person, it is limited in-person gathering, but open up to the country for people to stop on that day and join us for that hour of prayer and inspiration. And uh, we're just super excited. Thousands and thousands of people participated this year in voting and uh, and then joining us online. We had double the number of last year in terms of voting, which is really amazing and fun.
1: Well, thank you, Karen, for joining us. And I'm hoping I can get involved in next year's event. I'm going to pray about it, and hopefully I'll be involved. So thank you for joining us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Janet. And God bless you and Father Frank and all you do.
1: Okay. God bless. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us, and I hope you get involved with the National uh, Pro-Life Luncheon for Life. And also, as we go, I'm going to remind you about my little water bottle here, Let God Plan Parenthood, some of the great products we have at our online store at ProLifeProducts.org. We have matching T-shirts and all kinds of new things. I hope you would get to spread the Pro-Life message, because remember, brothers and sisters, there are some abortions only you can stop, some lives only you can save. Thank you, and God bless. I will be silent no more. i the light, the hope my eyes. I will be silent no more.
0: This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.